You're listening to the America for God podcast, the show that asks the question, where does God belong in the future of America? I'm your host, Daniel Gulo. Each week we interview passionate individuals to understand their viewpoints on current events and concerns about faith. The show is available on Anchor, BitChute, Rumble, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and by visiting our website, www.americaforgod.com. Please consider donating to our ministry by visiting our website, www.americaforgod.com. Episode 5, December 24th, 2020. Today on our show, we're speaking with Ronald Gibson. Ronald has been a public school teacher for the last 10 years and is also a student of industrial maintenance at East Mississippi Community College. Ronald is very passionate about the Lord and spending time with his family. Ronald, welcome to the show. I'm with all of that, bro. I'm with all of that. Share with us where you are in life, how you got there, and where you're headed. Well, I mean, I've got a simple background, in my opinion, simple story. Grew up in rural Mississippi, single-parent home, only child, out in the the weeds a little bit. So uh, didn't grow up with much. Uh, Ain't got much more than that today. You know, I just grew up with uh, the affirmation of, if you want something, you're going to have to get up and go get it yourself. Uh, nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to come in and feel sorry for you. Uh, excuses ain't going to get it. Tears ain't going to get it. Uh, emotions ain't going to get it. You just got to get up and go work. And even where I was and even where we live now today, you got to you get up and go get it. But there's not a whole lot around there to get up and go get it. So, you know, I, I grew up like that. Uh, and obviously graduated uh, high school uh, as an honors grad. Uh, I was at the bottom of the list of the autographs, though. You know, what do you call the guy that graduates last in his medical class? Doctor. We call him doctor. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I graduated, uh, like, went to college, and um, I bring that up to bring up going to college. The reason why I went to college, because uh, I was recognized real early on, I was too broke to go. The reason why I went to college is because it was the only college that offered me anything in the way of some kind of way to pay for it. And got half academic and half Pell Grant because lived below the poverty line and uh, almost lost it, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I got myself squared away and, and, and got straightened out with that. And then, uh, you know, after college, it's kind of, you know, I, I, now looking back on it, you know, 20 years later, uh, after college is where I kind of see, um, I won't say things went bad. I'll just say they didn't go fluid. I guess that's a good way to say it. And I had an intention. I had a plan. And I, I stepped into that plan. You know, I, I did the next logical thing. Uh, but at the next step of my plan, I failed. And the thing about that was I didn't anticipate failing because I had never failed in this environment before. Uh, Regular school was easy. I mean, it was in Mississippi, so you know, it wasn't that difficult. I mean, without Arkansas, where you got to, you know, basically, you, know, you got to learn your left shoe for your right shoe to even graduate. No, it wasn't like that. But, you know, I, I, school won a challenge. Uh, middle, elementary, middle school, high school won a challenge. And, you know, undergrad won a challenge. So when I got to the next level that I had intended to be at and planned for and all this stuff, it was the first time I really had a challenge. And the one that I wasn't willing and able to meet the challenge, I didn't know how. So I failed. Um, not intending that I would have failed, I didn't have a backup plan. 
And that was, you know, around that age, 20 something about years old, that was kind of, that was kind of rough. And it put me in a, put me in a precarious situation. So the best thing I could do was just go back to school where I left from and I did and graduated from there. Uh, but I still didn't have another plan. So it's kind of floundered around, did some stuff, uh, got married, you know, in my floundering. And, uh, you know, and that was a great thing. Uh, getting married was, was a spectacular thing. And we pulled our poverty and now we were twice as broke. Uh, but I, I, the thing about it was I married, you know, an absolutely fantastic woman. I married an absolutely fantastic person, human, mother. Uh, and, and I'm very, very thankful that I did. But I say all that to say that grew me, that forced me to grow up. And the next best thing, no, let me, let me adjust that. The best thing that happened was during my undergrad years, understanding the plan of salvation. And I come back to that to say, I've been to church, grew up going to church, but didn't understand what salvation was. And I had that finally explained to me. And then the next best thing that could have happened was that I got in a church that actually taught the Bible, not just coming in, spitting, hacking, cough over you all day, or coming in, just, you know, hem you to death. And, you know, if somebody got up to walk out, it was, you know, everything stopped. Not just that, but you were taught the Bible. You were taught more so the Bible. You were taught how to hear the voice of God, and you were taught how to search the scriptures yourself. And you were taught how to use things like a Bible dictionary, a concordance. You were taught uh, what the, the Old Testament written in Hebrew. New Testament in Greek, and they spoke, you know, Aramaic. You were taught, we were taught that stuff, which at the time, again, in the state of Mississippi, this was completely revolutionary. I know, I know, we're behind everybody except for Arkansas, but this was completely revolutionary. Never waste an opportunity, never pass up an opportunity. I'm telling you, it's in the, it's in the state model. You can't see it. In doing that, um, that helped me to understand when I did get married that I wasn't the man that I should have been positional wise. And that has been a driving force uh, throughout my adult married life because I, like I said at the beginning, single parent home. So I didn't grow up seeing that. And I didn't grow up seeing wonderful, great, loving marriage relationships. Now I don't have the whole uh, abuse story and alcoholism. I mean, I got a little bit of that, but I don't have all that. You know, I, I don't have that story. That's not my story. So I can't, I can't correlate with somebody in that situation. I can correlate with them to a certain extent, but I can't go there. Uh, I, I had loving people around me, you know what I'm saying? My, my home was great, man. I mean, I come home and, and my mom was always happy to see me. And we never, you know, we might've had a disagreement one time and that was the worst feeling I ever had. Like, I felt like, like a raccoon that got loose inside my innards, man. That was terrible. I, I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. We ain't never falling out again. I don't care what it's over. It ain't nothing that worth that. So I didn't have that. I had a great loving relationship with my mom, my family. Uh, and it was fine. So I didn't have that problem. However, getting older and then getting into the word and seeing what the word says about the proper order of the family, I recognized what I had missed as a developing boy into a young man. And then I could recognize why those things or how those things played a part in my failures, you know? And that's why I said, I'm going to say all that to come back to something later. And now on the other end of all that, which, you know, in my, in my personal opinion, I burned a lot of life, man. I burned a lot of life. No, I didn't, I didn't burn it in jail or high or strung out or chasing women. I didn't burn it like that. You know, some people do, and I don't fault them for that. That's, you know, that's the path that they choose or they get put on that path. And it's difficult to detach yourself from that. 
I didn't burn my life that way. I burned my life just kind of not being uh, in the position I could have been. And, you know, you get married and you get to be in talk to work. And now, now I understand how the order of things should go. So now I'm kind of like at a point in my life where I've readjusted who I am and what I am. And I have a more complete understanding of who I am and what I am. And even so now, because I, I don't feel, I, I, I still feel, the, you know, I don't know what it is. I still feel the same age. I, I, I still feel like I felt when I walked out of uh, undergrad. I mean, honestly, just, I do. Uh, I don't physically look that way. You know, I don't look a little bit better. <laughs> but I still, feel, I still feel that way. So I don't feel like, you know, I, I know time has passed, but I feel like I still have the same amount of time left that I had when I left undergrad. It's just that it's like I've done a whole lot of stuff between then. It's like I woke up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was a terrible dream. All right, let's move on. But um, all of that to come back to now in the spot that I'm in, uh, spiritually, mentally, socially, physically, uh, emotionally, I am in, I, I, I believe, and I'm thankful that I feel like I'm in such a much better position to be the man that I know I've been called to be. And it's a funny thing about that, you know, and, and I, I, I obviously I don't know anything about your, your situation on this, and you can tell me freely if you like, uh, but I've heard that, you know, for a long time. What do you call me? 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 People ask me, what do you call me? What do you call me? And people, most of the time, I won't say all, you won't, one thing about marriage counseling, you don't lead with absolutes. You always, you never can't do that. That's wrong, you know. But 98% of the time, <laughs> but uh, most of the time when a person is asked that question, man or woman, yeah, more so men than women, but man or woman, they most of the time respond with an occupation. And I don't fault that. I, I don't think that's a negative. I don't think that's a bad response. Uh, I will say it like this to quote, and I quoted this guy in a text message. So I think I'm going to say the quote correctly now. I may not, and I might get it wrong, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I think it's Jim Collins that wrote Good to Great. And I think in that book, he said, good is the enemy of great. I think. I, I can't verify that. I know I got it at home on the bookshelf. I ain't going to go look for it. But um, that answer to me was, and, and in, in keeping with you talking about myself, to me, that answer was the enemy of my great, because there's good, there's great, and then there's right. And it would be a good thing to say I was this. It'd be a great thing to say I was this and be succeeding. But then is that the right thing? And I never saw an occupation, a job, a career, or anything as what I'm called to be and what I'm called to do. I saw, and 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 this is just the impression I, you know, spiritually I get, and I and, and it's a Christian show, I, so I can. I can be free with all that, right? I ain't gotta. So you know, the, the, the you know spirit alignment when when you get born again, Holy Spirit comes lives on the inside of you. Three part nature, man. I don't want to go. You know, we can do another show on that. But spiritually speaking, to me, I didn't ever saw myself called to position, profession, occupation. Now I do understand in our world, you have to live, you have to work, you have to do what you got to do, and it's it's very helpful, it's very convenient to do that. And I'm never shy of that. But I've never felt like okay. That job right there is where I'm supposed to be. Never felt like that. For my family history and for what I saw, for what I was learning, 
And from what I learned and from what I kind of understood uh, from my father's side, because remember, single parent, you know, I, I didn't really know much of anything about my father's side. I knew him and we met, we talked and we reconnected as, as an adult, but I didn't, I, I put it like this, I never called a man dad. Like I can never remember calling him that. I, I just, I, that word just sounds like, that's just like a foreign word to me. Or somebody like you or your kids, they say it with no problem. For me, saying that is really weird. It's it's almost like telling a dude he looks good. Like that's just it's that you know, it just don't come out well. You know. So saying that kind of word, saying that word, it just it just never, it was never part of my vocabulary. I just never knew about it. So knowing that that was missed out, I saw now where generationally speaking, how God saw sees families in generations. Well, I can see what he did. And him being obviously the generation right before me, I can see what he opened up to come down through my generation. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. You know, that's not what I want. And I definitely didn't have kids. I definitely want to pass it down to kids or a kid that I would have later. So my belief and what I believe Spirit talked to me was you're called simply to just turn your family name, just like the hinge of a door. That door is, can be this way and that hinge turns just this way, just to allow that door to open or allow that door to close. And the way I've seen it for, for years is that's just that's just what the whole of my life is. If I could just get this, if I'm just a hinge to open a door to my family line to certain things that would not open or to close the door on my family line to certain things that don't need to be there. I, I, and that's, that's an 80, 90, 130, 130 year you know, goal. I'm good with that because you know, God always sees us in generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he Jacob, he's looking down the line. He's looking past the, the short period of time I'm here. So if you ask me what I'm called to do, or somebody would ask me what I'm called to do, I wouldn't give you a profession or occupation. If you ask me the things that I like to do or things that are fun or things that are easy, I probably could give you an answer doing that. But if you ask me, well, what, what are you called to do? What are you called to be? It's not going to be something that somebody necessarily pays me a salary to do. Or I get fringe benefits to do. It's going to be because I see the direction that my family could go. And here's the thing about it. I could have easily used all of that as an excuse to perpetuate what had already been started. And the world would have given me a great excuse for that. Oh, yeah, man, he's a single parent. Oh, yeah, he grew up in poverty. Oh, yeah, he's a minority. Oh, yeah, you know, things are tough. Oh, yeah, he went to this kind of school. Oh, yeah, he had this kind of experience. Oh, yeah, and I could have perpetuated that. But I said, nah, man, just like, you know, a, a, a cruise ship or something like that. Just you have to turn the thing just a little bit, five degrees starboard, or I guess it's starboard, I don't know. Uh, it's a five degrees starboard or five degrees the other side, whatever they call the other side. Port. Yeah, that's it. Sounds good. <laughs> Five degrees port. And you just have to let, you can't just turn it around on the dime like you can a Mazda Miata. You gotta, and you gotta take time. And that thing eventually, I, I've been on one, it's one, I've been on one. So, and you see off the, the, the spray or trail or whatever they call it, you see that big old horseshoe out there in the middle of the Gulf. And, you know, I don't know, it's, I don't know, as far as I can see, what, maybe, 20 miles or something like that. I don't know. You know, things are huge. But you see that big curl. And that's where that ship has had to turn around. It didn't just stop, pump brakes, throw it in reverse, back into a space, throw it in drive and come, you know, a three-point turn. That thing had to take, and it had to take 
very a lot of time, relatively speaking, and it took a while. And I'm like, I, I that's just what I see. So a long answer to what you asked me, but you know, I don't know if that that gives you a better understanding of me or if it answers a question. Uh, maybe I kind of went on. Maybe I should have talked about Arkansas a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about Arkansas. There it man. is. <laughs> there it is. I'm going to leave it alone, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I hope that I hope that kind of satisfies the, the, the question that you asked me there. Yeah, I was just trying to get to know you a little bit better. And you have brothers and sisters? Nah, they got it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and you have kids of your own yeah we yeah we do we do we got one we got it right the first time too yeah we got a we have a kid we have uh our, our son and they think you know man you know uh before you have kids you are you know unless you had them you know unintentionally you know if you doing what it takes to get them they might show up so we always say you know if you were thinking and planning and kind of projecting this is when i want to have kids or you and your lady or whatever y'all are saying let's get rid of kids if you look at we're going to have kids and the kid is not there and you say we're going to man that thing is scary as i don't know what <laughs> you start looking like that <laughs> you like oh crap because <laughs> you know you got like the choice you're like yeah, I really want a kid, but they like here forever. <laughs> you know, you got to do everything for them. So we 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 were blessed enough to where we could, you know, kind of mark that out a little bit. And and again, that goes back into as I was saying, uh, helps me to helped me to grow and become the man that I should be and should have been. And uh, we have a son, and 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 he's absolutely awesome, man. I mean. Happiest kid I know, man. Just you know, I, 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 um, I've said for years that that the highlight of my day is if I can get home and read, you know, bedtime stories to him. And and you know, obviously I don't always make it back for that. Uh, but if I'm at home, you know, she doesn't have anything that specifically she wants to read to him. Like he's like, oh, I really want this. Me and him, we gonna we gonna get in the chair and we gonna read, man. And uh, you know, I I I, I just I, I just fully and completely believe that. There's not a moment that I'm spending with him or around him that's wasted time. And uh, we may not always maximize the time that we're together, but I fully believe that there's not a moment that I'm around him that is wasted. And again, another one of those things where I'm like, here I am. You know, it's just, that's that show hands again. And so every I'm looking at everything through that. So I'm like, what, 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 else, what else am I going to do? You know, what, what am I going to do? Get a motorcycle and ride around with the guys? You know, uh, uh, run out to every other sporting event and game here and there, uh, you know, go play pool all night, you know, what, what am I going to do? You know, so, no, I, I just want to be there. And I'm not, you know, we don't have to be doing anything super fantastic or exciting or all this other stuff, but just he's going to have that second-hand knowledge to just file away in the back that says, you know, my father was there. You know, my, my daddy was there. He, he was there. He, he was there. He was there. Like he was there. He may not have been there all the time. He may not have been there for everything. But I know either when I get up in the morning or when I go to sleep at night or in a couple of days or whatever, he's going to come back home. I, I know I'm going to see him somewhere. I know it. I know he's going to be there for me. And, and I just I just want to be consistent enough to build that into him. So to where he sees now, OK, let me be better than he was when he has his kids. That's not trivial either, man. It's like, you know, being there, I think that's like the best profession in the world or the best aspiration in the world is just to be a father to your kids, right? 
be there for them when they have questions and and so on. So, yeah. And, and to your point, I mean, you, you don't have to, kids don't expect all kinds of fancy stuff and everything. Just spending time, spending some time just talking and, and, and even just hanging out and not saying anything. I mean, I, I don't know how it is with you. Is your boy young or, or how, what's his age range? It'd be nine next week. He is counting down. <laughs> he's counting down so he'll be nine next weekend uh uh what's today today is 19 so 19 to 7 is 26 so next wednesday thursday something like that so he'll be nine next week next weekend um and he's counting down and all this other stuff so he's young uh but you know he's older than you know a small kid and and he's old enough now to where you know, we talk and stuff like that. And as a matter of fact, we, you know, you never know, but those character development moments just come at any time. And when we kind of had one this morning, one, he didn't do anything bad. He didn't do anything wrong. But I, I like to say, if a moment happens, uh, yeah, it would be faster and probably more convenient for me to just, you know, come in and take over and do it. But I'm like, no, nah, we're going to, I'm going to take advantage of this because the stakes are low right now. And I'm going to take advantage of you losing it again and failing when the stakes are low so that you can understand how failure feels and you can retool so that when the stakes are not as low, you know what that failure feels like and you can attack that issue with a better plan or a better, better mindset instead of, well, I never really had to try to do anything. And now that the first thing I tried, I messed up and it was like, 75 grand like we're gonna wait we're gonna do we're gonna learn it when it's <laughs> we're gonna learn when it's two dollars all right let's learn that two dollars and then when you get to twenty thousand dollar deal you're like oh yeah i learned that when i had two dollars now we're not gonna do that you know so and, and but those are the things that that i'm i'm, I'm all in for and they don't happen every day they don't happen all the time i mean you you man you got kids you know that they don't well it may happen more often with you but you know it's not an everyday all the time type thing but when those things come up I believe that uh, I, as the father, should be there to help him understand that and to fully explain that all aspects of that, even in uh, a situation where he may uh, come out in the negative, I still need to be there. And, you know, for me, that's 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 just the best thing to me. So that now later uh, so he comes back into something and he can come back and say, yeah, I remember when. And I'm like, that's that's what I want. You know, that's I want you learning from your mistakes and your successes. And and that's how you grow. And that's how you become uh, a better individual that contributes to this world. But if you just, if you never learn from your mistakes, you never learn from them, you just have successes always handed to you, you don't understand and appreciate a cost came, a cost comes with that, you know, you'll be nowhere fast. And all you do is beg somebody to bail you out and, Lo and behold, there's things being created that's fully prepared to bail people out right now. So, how are you going about uh, training them up in the Lord? What's your approach there? Probably not as disciplined and systematic as it probably could be or should be. But again, uh, I, I have said I want him to understand that it is important. It is. It is a pre. It, we do place preeminence on it. We. Uh, the, the two of us, you know, we, if we're listening to something that involves all three of us, it's either going to be some kind of music that has no issue with it, like, you know, show tunes or something like, you know, like uh, composers or something like that, or 
maybe, you know, gospel music, well, not gospel, Christian music, uh, or maybe even Christian rap or something like that. But as far as direct instruction, no, since he's since he's been, oh my gosh, it's been a couple of years now, I guess four or five. He's got a morning devotional. And, you know, I'm kind of hypocritical on that because nobody's forcing me to do it every morning. And but I have him get into his every morning. Now it's not a whole sit down, let's talk about it, let's read through this. It's not that it's you've got a book, it's 365 days. Take you a few minutes and go read it. And I want to do it like that for a couple of reasons. Yes, I want him to know that he can come to me and we can talk about it. We can discuss it. And and, and I'm not the best at the family devotion. I'm going to tell you that right now. I want to know he can come to me and we can discuss it. But I want him understanding, first and foremost, that the best and primary way to get the word is to get it yourself without mom and dad intervening in that with you. Now, we will be as best examples as we can be living it. and and based on our decisions and, and, and principles and values and things that we believe in, things we operate in, we're going to do that. We're going to tell you why. But I want you learning early on to not be afraid to get into the book yourself. Uh, and, and like I said, it may not be the best. It may not be the most disciplined or the most uh, scriptural. You know, uh, we're not going the Hebrew route <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the tassels and all this stuff. I know Shemar would be a little upset me on that, but we're not going that route. But at the same time, I want him to understand, yeah, I can go pick up a Bible. I can go pick up a devotional. I can read and I can learn uh, an object lesson attached to scripture about the different things. And, and, and I don't, I don't really talk to him about it. You know, I don't, I just want him, I just want that to be something that he just internalizes um, and something that he takes as his own. Now, yes, we go to church and yes, he goes into church. And of course, you know, when I go to church, they're not, you know, delivering the word even to even at that age. So that you know, that's that. But I don't want him getting to church to be the first place you see a scripture. You know, I don't I don't want that. And and he knows uh the Bible's not a stranger in the house. Uh listening to biblical teachings not a stranger in the house. Uh going to uh, an environment where that's going to be something that happens is not a stranger. Uh and at the end of the night again with the reading, you know, uh he has something that I'd like for him to, you know, to repeat uh, his, a few scriptures that he learned, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Uh, and, and of course I pray over him, you know, when, he, when we all going to sleep and um, then we read whatever it is that we read. But I try to book in his day with that. And then throughout the day, you know, as much as I can try to live it out you know, in different areas. Now, I'm not stopping to say, now, son, here's a great example of Deuteronomy 8 and 18. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. But, you know, just, uh, he's, not, he, you know, I, I, I stopped cussing probably well, 20, 20 minutes, 25, 26, I don't know, 30 years ago, whatever. You know, I, I, so I don't say stuff like that. Uh, we don't watch anything. Although, I have to admit, we watched uh, Captain America the other night, the, the first one, you know, because he's a little older and, and they had a few words and then I was like, uh, you know, but, you know, they kind of passed over and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't really like it. I wasn't really cool with it. But at the same time, you know, he was in he's in the, the Marvel and superheroes and we've got a little bit of the stuff decorated in his room and stuff like that. So my wife wanted to show him the actual real Captain America because he's run out of Lego movies to watch. They don't they're not producing a whole lot. So it's like, OK. 
But, uh, you know, he's not hearing that stuff. We're not watching stuff like that. Uh, we're not around stuff like that. We're not around people like that. So uh, it's kind of a way of helping him to understand the word, uh, maybe not as intentionally as we should, and I take responsibility for that. But it's not like we're just like, oh, oh time to go to church again. Uh, it's not like that. You know, we, we know, you know, that's a regular thing. That's a regular something that happens wherever we've lived. Uh, whatever environment we've been in, you know, whatever, because we've had to, we've moved around a couple of times. We've changed churches a couple of times with him. Uh, a new church is not a big thing because he's comfortable with us and, and our level of comfort, comfort with uh, spiritual matters. To, if we put him somewhere, we're like, okay, yeah, we know you're going to be good because, you know, we're going to check it out. So, um, again, I don't know. That may not be the best. I definitely may not be. I definitely got the inside track on that, but we're we're working at it, man. We're working at it, you know. No, that's awesome. As far as you were a school teacher for a while, right? Yeah. And what subject were you teaching? Math, uh, for the most of my years, a little bit of language arts and uh, a little bit of history and social studies. Yeah, but for the most, for the eighty-eight, ninety percent of that time was math. So teaching is teaching is a different ball game. It is. I mean, I don't know if, if your kids are public schooled or not, or, or, or private schooled or home. Uh, it is. And I was public. Uh, I was openly public. I wasn't private or nothing like that or, or sheltered. In it. And I wasn't just public. I was public, you know, F school public. <laughs> I was a good school, man. Let's, let's just get right on into it. Uh, matter of fact, my first year, first time was at the alternative school. And, uh, you know, hey, I, there were just some days it was like we we didn't learn none today. It just that was just that. Just you didn't get nothing. You didn't get no education today. What you got today was manhood, and there's just some days it was like that, just because that's just the way it went, you know. And I say this about that: I left cold turkey uh, just because I just couldn't. And 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 again, I'm very thankful that you know my wife and I have a situation where I could make that decision uh, the way I made it. Uh, but I just I just couldn't continue to compromise my character uh, further. And people hear you say that and like, oh, what did they ask you to do? Like, you know, send the kid home in a package or something like that? Like, no, it's not stuff like that, man. Just over time, I knew that I had continued to perpetuate something and perpetuate uh, a system that I just didn't believe in. I continued to perpetuate something where we had advertised out on the front door of what we were doing, but inside the product we were delivering was not that. Uh, and I continued to to be a part of something where it wasn't based on necessarily me trying to pull the best out of your kid. It was me making sure that when you saw the end result, you and your kid were happy about it. And those two didn't always marry up. And I, I just... I just ran my patience up with it. And, and we, you know, came back home and the situation uh, was was well uh, for us to do for us for us to do what we need to do and for me to make a change and I did. But even from the beginning going in, I never I again back to the other thing. I never anticipated staying in it. I never knew. I, I never said this is going to be it. I'm gonna retire. I, I never wanted to move up. I never wanted to take a better. I never wanted any of that. All I wanted was deal with what I need to deal with in my classroom. Take it to the house at the end of the day. The schedule is awesome. I got three months off. That was all. That was it. I did. Now, in saying that, people say, oh, my God, you want to. No, no, no. When I was at work and I was at work, I was 100 percent. I was all in. Ten toes for all the, all what we got to do. And I was super committed to what we had to do because 
you know, it's just how I am. I'm not getting involved with something I'm not committed to. But the 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 stuff surrounding it, uh, just I just went for it. You know, my biggest thing was if we're the adults and this is our house and we've got the rules already laid out, then the guests that are coming in are coming in to follow our rules, not tell us how to change them. So it's really simple. You come back and say, guest, thank you for coming. Uh, here's the rules. Um, follow them or deal with the consequences or remove yourself from the situation and go to an alternative. But you coming in and telling us how to change the rules to accommodate you, that shouldn't be an option. And unfortunately, uh, like I said, I don't know if your kids are public or not, or, or, or if you have any experience, unfortunately, that's been the, the order of the day in the last, oh my gosh, 20, 25 years or so. And now we have what we have, you know, in, in our, in, in our, in a majority of our public school systems. And it, and and it's it's just it's just depressing and, and disgusting and I, I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Um, I, I live for the day where I could take him out, but right now it's so convenient. It's so it's so convenient for him him to be there. I'm like wow. It's it's just all right. Wow. And of course he's you know doing well. He's excelling. And I'm like and I told him I said man I don't care what your grades are. I don't, I don't care, man. Just. I don't care. I don't care if you go. As long as you're not going there being an idiot and you're doing your best, I, you, ain't, you know, you ain't got to show me. They're bringing up a poker. I'm like, man, it looks great. Put it on the refrigerator. All right, let's go play the game. I don't even, I'm just like, <laughs> <"Hell>, man. <laughs> I don't, man. I don't. But, you know, if, 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 if now if there's something like, because I'm more so on the responsibility and I'm more so like, take care of your responsibilities first, then you can get enjoy the benefits. You take care of your responsibilities. And you like get them taken care of. I don't really care what you do, man. Whatever. It's it's a scam anyway. They're gonna move you along. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, I know you're not an idiot. I know you're not just a knuckle dragger. I know that. So we don't worry about nothing, man. You know, maybe when you get into algebra or something like that, where you really gotta think about it. Okay, cool. But like right now, for like the next two or three years, eh, don't worry about that. Just just don't go there and muck up. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. But yeah, I, I came out of that, man, because I just I got sick of that and the uh feedback. I wouldn't I wouldn't you 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 put in, but then you wait five months for this feedback. And the feedback is bad. Then it means that you were terrible. But the feedback is good, then it means that they were great. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of humans involved in this. So from a social science standpoint, there's so many research variables that are kicking in here, but you just take one and say, okay, population N did this. Therefore, we conclude you're horrible. We're doing it. And, and everybody here has a degree. All right. Let's, yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Some of y'all got upper degrees and other letters. Okay. And, and like you come to that conclusion. I mean, it just... All right, no biggie. I, I just teach basic math. You know, I just teach the stuff you use every day. What do I know about probability and percentages? What, what do I know about all this? It's just math, you know, but, <laughs> you know, it's just, you you know. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's part of why my wife and I homeschool. I should say my wife homeschools. God bless her because she has to deal with my with the five kids all day long, you know. And, and all of their uh, little quirks and, and stuff like that. But but to your point, I mean, we were afraid of not the teachers, 
I think the teachers have the best intentions, but the administration and, you know, measuring the wrong things, like you're saying, you know, and, and also, you know, setting all these rules, setting all these rules up where like God's not allowed to be taught alongside evolution and, and those kinds of things. And, uh, and then, you know, you know, as, as obviously you've been through the school system yourself and, and seeing it from the, the educator side, there's a whole lot of nonsense that goes on in school. It doesn't really need to be there. Inter- just interferes with learning things. So, and my kids, you know, the first thing everybody asks is, well, aren't they going to grow up to be socially retarded or something? Or, you know, how are they getting socialization? It's like, well, you know, we're heavily involved in church and they're heavily involved in sports at the YMCA. You know, all my kids are on the swim team because number one, we said, all right, we're not going to be carting them all around town to like... five different sports. What's one sport that we could go to where they could all participate? And number two, I was like, well, I don't, you know, ballet is all nice and fine or whatever, like lacrosse. But how about, how about doing a sport that could save your life someday, you know, like swimming? So there it is, you know, that all my kids do swimming at the YMCA because, you know, that's a good practical sport too. So. And, and I, I heard a, I heard a guy talking about that same topic about, you know, where the homeschool, they're not going to be uh, refine the culture and all that stuff. And his basic response, because he was talking about, I think he was talking about Sodom and Gomorrah stuff like that. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. They'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And, and and I had to think about that too for a while. And I'm like, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. You know, it, I mean, your kids obviously have each other because it's a couple of them. And, and you know, mine doesn't. He's, it's just him by himself. But even that, I, you know, I'm like, oh, he'll be all right. Because if he understands the basics on how to communicate, you know, and, and he's going to get that from us, watching us communicate and us communicate with him and with each other, uh, how to problem solve. And obviously, he's like I said, he's going he, to be working on that. And, you know, having a, a, a moral compass, uh, obviously backed by scripture, he will be just fine in, in free society when he's a grown up. And that's just him growing up, having to understand, deal with that and make those decisions, obviously coming to us for counseling, uh, you know, until he gets out on his own permission. But he'll be all right. You know, he'll be fine. And same thing with your kids. They, 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 they'll they be fine. You know, that's I think that's a misnomer that's been put out there to try to force uh, parents like you to say, oh, there's something's wrong with you. You don't want to put your kids in the in the system to indoctrinate them and all sorts of stuff. You're like, no, nah, I don't. If anybody's going to indoctrinate them, let me do it myself. And let me indoctrinate them with the stuff that I think and feel and believe. And if that's, we dress up in pink on Thursdays, then that's what we do in my house. We dress up in pink on Thursdays. They ain't got nothing to do with the rest of y'all. And that's what you're into, you know? And I, and, and, and so, and that, that kind of goes into where I want to go later, but, I, I have no issue with that. You're the second person. Well, not the second, but I know somebody else, uh, Missouri, great family. They've got five and, and she homeschools them, uh, like you saying, your wife does. And and I mean, we've been around them, been around the kids. Kids are fine. They're, they're, they don't start chewing on each other and stuff like that. They're just fine, you know, <laughs> to just normal kids, man. So I, I just think it's a lot of what we bought into and a lot of what we have have seen and 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 what's been sold to us and you know there's a few people left in the world like yourself and and others who are saying no nah, I, I i believe god has given me these kids and he's given them to me as my responsibility and 
I, I think I can handle that, you know, or I'm willing to accept the responsibility if something goes wrong. But he gave them to me. He didn't give them to the state of Missouri or Mississippi or wherever. He, he gave them to me. Or Arkansas. Yeah, heaven forbid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in there, man. <laughs> I've never been to, you know what? I've never been to Arkansas. I've never been to the state, man. <laughs> I've never been there. It's just, you know, it's just good to make fun of them because, you know, we got to be better than somebody. And Puerto Rico will never be a state. So, I'm <laughs> you know, this is it, right? But yeah, you know, it's, uh, and kids, you know, you could, you could spend your whole life, um, you know, trying to teach them well and, and bring them up in the Lord and everything else. And at the end of the day, or, you know, when they, when they get, grow up and become adults, you know, they're their own person at that point. And all you can do is pray and hope for the best, but you know, they make the decisions they make, right? They choose the path that they take and, uh, it may not be what you're expecting. They may make all kinds of mistakes and so on. And you can't, you can't internalize that. You did if you've done your best, then that's all you can do, right? Yeah, yeah. I think about that too, man. As a matter of fact, I've been talking. This been coming out a little bit. Like he got to get married one day. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'm like, and I know when we gone, he gonna be rich. So like, oh my gosh, you know, like ah, oh, we gotta like, do I need to start working on that? Like, do I need to start training his wife? Like, okay, dear, you know, you need to understand. No hood rat. <laughs> you need to start understanding. So yeah, you think about that, but I'm like, you know what? He's, he's you know, that's he's just got experience that it. I don't wish that he experiences heartache and you know rejection and stuff like that, but that's that's part of the natural world we live in, man. And and those things are available just like the happiness and, and love and all this other stuff. So but the great thing about it is I only gotta do it one time. You gotta do it. One time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. And I got one girl, so. I was going to say, you probably got a girl in there, too. So I'm not looking forward to those days. but Pretty sure that's like, oh, my gosh, like Commando Man with the knife and stuff. Like, God almighty. But, yeah, you know, it, how are things around where you live in terms of the society and the city? And, you know, I, I see these things online with Portland and people are going crazy, you know, rioting and all kinds of stuff like that. How, how is it going? How is it happening around where you live? be honest with you man uh life for us haven't hasn't changed okay and you know we don't i i, I say this and i know people say it and they're kind of just saying it but when i say it, I, I mean it in the truest genuine sense we don't have cities i mean just we don't you know i it, we got our state capital which is jackson uh we got a little bit of a metro area on the gulf coast which is three hours south three three four hours south We've got a little bit of metro area at the Tennessee state line underneath Memphis. And that's pretty much it for major metro areas, you know, where you got, I say, 200,000 people or more in one, in one area. We've only got three and a half people in the whole state. You know, I, I, no, I'm just, yeah, I know the census numbers because, you know, I've been doing the numbers based on the CDC data, you know, trying to figure that out. But we've only got three and a half million people statewide. So, you know, we don't have cities and never have had cities, you know, as long as I've been living here, there have been some areas that have been developed, you know, they've got a Panda Express here and stuff and stuff like that, but we don't have like major metro areas. Say that to say this, we still have problems, but we don't have the gathering of people where in now somebody wants to get out and do something like that and it becomes an issue. Uh, it's just, you know, you may have a little bit here and there, but now for us, life has been pretty much normal. 
Uh, obviously, we've been on hold because everybody else in the country has been on hold. But, you know, life for us hasn't changed. And, and I know that's probably a whole nother reality for a lot of people. But we see this stuff on TV, man, and we're just like, literally, it's like watching a movie to us. You know, it, it's not, we don't have a, a realistic connection to that. Now, I will say this, you know, in my hometown, in my town here, we did have a little bit of a little rally a couple months ago, and they had another little voter drive a little while ago, and another little voter bus or something come through here uh, the other day. You know, we had a little stuff like that, you know, but like all out marching and all this other stuff. Now, it might be like 15 to 16 folks get out there and walk from here to there. And then they go back home, you know, and that's it. There's no, you know, if they had a ride in town, it wouldn't last for like a half hour. And then you done tow everything up and ain't nothing left to tow up. They're like, we just go to the house at that point because ain't nothing else left. We ain't got nothing else. It's not like the west side of town and then the east side and then up by the water. No, we ain't got that. No, no, no. It's like Main Street. <laughs> that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. I mean, I can walk from the post office to the the center of county government to the other end of Main Street. I can do all that in 10 minutes, man. You know, we just we just don't have it. And we're the county seat. We've got a suburb that has a flashing red light. <laughs> so we, we just and that's how but that's how most I say 75 percent of our state is it's just like that you know uh, the different towns with different names but most for the most part they're just like this you know you may have some that are a little bit bigger uh for example we have the second biggest philadelphia in the united states okay then you're welcome <laughs> uh <laughs> you know uh i live in Louisville, which you know yeah i know there's louisville so you know that's that's tripped out which <laughs> funny story somebody got on our Louisville Police Department Facebook page and start doing a lot of complaining. Y'all need to arrest them officers and stuff like that. Somebody's just like, um, Mr. Ron Louisville. <laughs> that, that ain't us. <laughs> and the person put like four more posts down there before they realize, oh, it's not. It's Louisville, Mississippi. Yeah, you want the other one. Yeah, that's not us. That's the other folks, you know. So, you know, that's probably as close as we get to being infamous in that respect, but it's it's been pretty normal. Uh, it's been pretty normal. Which, again, I'm I'm super thankful. Uh, super thankful, man, that that we haven't had serious interruptions. You know, we had the toilet paper run and all this other stuff, and that was it, it was dumb nationwide. But it was triple dumb here. I mean, it was almost Arkansas dumb here. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I just like what in the world in Louisville, Mississippi. Why are you buying toilet paper in Louisville, Mississippi? What do you think is going to happen in Louisville, Mississippi? Like, I get it. If we were in San Diego, hey, I get it. You know, it's crazy, man. No telling. Godzilla might come out of the yeah, you know, don't tell her. That's not happening here. <laughs> it's just not, you know what I'm saying? So, but we had that and and you know, some other little stuff, but life has been pretty normal for us. Uh yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you because, uh, you know, my wife and I live out in the countryside of Pennsylvania. We don't live very close to Philly or or any of the big cities ourselves. I mean, we can get to the big city like within half hour, 45 minute drive. But out here, I mean, you know, it's if if you 
if I didn't know any better, I would say life hasn't really changed, you know? Um, but, but yeah, just like you, we had toilet paper run, <laughs> which was dumb and, and all that. And there's, and you know, you go to like Walmart or something like that and they're making people wear masks inside and, and all that nonsense. Um, but I mean, there's nothing, it, it, nobody would come out here to march because it, like you said, there would, it, it would be a waste of their time. There's like a gas station and, and, uh, another gas station <laughs> on the corner. That's about it. You know? Yeah. And I've been, you've been knowing that for 10 years. So it's like, so you're supporting social justice now? Like, well, um, uh i'm i'm gonna be open i don't know how racist that is but if you need gas you can get gas you know just like in our in our neighborhoods it's like that in our community's like so mr mayor how you doing good you know i saw you getting gas at in your truck in your, in your z71 the other day at the pump yeah i know but this week i want you to fire the police chief like what you know like in our community it's like what you know this the cancer culture yeah, it's, what, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do here? Like, there's nothing for us to do here. You know, Sheriff, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> and I said this, I said, I said something I said, so it's a, if it's a system, it should work the same way or pretty much the same way every time. So if I go down to the Winston County Sheriff's Office, knock on the door and walk in, they should treat me the same way that these folks are getting treated. So I was like, well, I went down there. And I went down there and I go, hey, you know, like, Okay, you know, I saw my buddy, my high school classmate. He was in that work. So I'm like, okay, that's 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 it. They're like, yeah, that's it. It's not that bad. It's just somebody trying. And I get the folks in in the bigger cities. I get their I I get their giving themselves the rationale to do what they do. But it's it's false positives, man. It's it's just not. I I think part of the problem, though, you know, is people have kicked God out of the government and kicked God out of the schools and. Um, you know, focusing on all kinds of nonsense and crazy stuff, stuff that doesn't have any real value, uh, like movies and sports and, and all that kind of stuff. Like you were saying earlier, you know, what else are you going to do? Right. The, the most valuable thing is to be a father to your son and a husband to your wife and mostly focus on the Lord. Right. And that's a rich life right there. That it is. I mean, you look at 70, 80 percent of the rest of the world they don't have the freedom to enjoy that, you know, at regardless of their personal finances. Um, and, and I always say it costs you absolutely nothing to go outside and clean up your own front yard, regardless of how big or how small it is. So, you know, we, on my way to my school that I worked at for the most majority of the time, it was in a uh, very bad neighborhood in Orange County, Florida, uh, called, probably called Pine Hills. It earns consistently the nickname of crime heels it earns it. it it does not let time go by before they remind you that they're crime heels and um but it wasn't that you know and, and you're close to philly so you you've probably seen this more than i have it wasn't that you know hard dank depressed ghetto government housing buildings bodegas you know thugs running the street it wasn't that kind of neighborhood it was a neighborhood of homes. Uh, everybody lived in a home. There's no apartments. Or so. Well, there's, you know, a few apartments. But they weren't like the 10, 12, 13, 14 story stack. It wasn't that. So in riding around now, I says, you know, because we had to go there every day for years to, to, to go to school there. Of course, you learn the neighborhood. You walk around all that stuff. And I'm like, 
No, nah, this ain't no bad neighborhood. Well, let me take that back. It ain't somewhere I would stay. But it ain't like that, you know. But I'm like, if everybody came out and everybody cleaned up their own front yard, your property value would increase by default. And if everybody took pride in their own front yard, forget what the neighbor's doing. Everybody said, you know what, I'm going to clean my front yard up. You don't see what they do, I'm going to do mine too. If you all did that and you just took pride in it, you would kick a lot of your problems out. And I was just like, I don't get why that's so, so difficult. I don't get why the guy that I'm looking at in the mirror every morning, I can't solve most of my problems with him before I run into you and, and then demand that you solve my problems for me and then get mad when you have no idea how to solve them because you didn't, you didn't create them. I, I, I've, I've broken camp with a lot of people on that. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get in bed with that because I grew up in an environment where we, man, we was at the end of the dirt road, man. We didn't have, we didn't have it. And, and it wasn't there. And I grew up around people that didn't make excuses. That's just where they were. And we survived and we made it. We didn't make it because we was depending on somebody else. And maybe there was help that came in. Maybe there was assistance that came in. But we weren't sitting around depending on it and then mad when it didn't come. We just said, okay, this is the way things are. Let's do what we can to make it better. And and we lose we've lost that so so terribly. And it's 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 freaking insulting that that now people that look like me are demanding that people that look like you solve my problem for me i mean that, that's this that, that that it's insulting and, and i hate it i, I do I, I really do man i hate to be that absolute about it but it, i hate it because now we're getting to a point where if you don't solve my problem for me guess what i'm gonna do something bad yeah it's senseless it really is and uh i mean i don't know I guess maybe maybe I'm naive. I just want to be friends and love everybody. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, well, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've i never had a problem. I haven't had a problem with anybody my my whole life. You know, I, I never wanted a problem with anybody. I, I feel what you're saying. And then there there's a place for that, you know, uh, and, and there, there's that in the world. Obviously, we will always have conflict and strife uh, because – we're going to always be humans. But uh, I guess the segue to where you want to go here, i tell you where I, I lay um, a good bit of the blame at. And, and, and yes, it is blame. And, and I'm so sick of this whole, we don't want to say this and we don't want to put it out there. No, I'm going to tell you where I lay the blame at. And, and I lay a lot of the blame on our churches as a whole. While, yes, there are individuals, men and women now today, that are out there doing a fantastic job and they are delivering the truth of the gospel in their own way uh, or in the way that, that, that it's revealed to them. And they're delivering the truth of that gospel to the people that they serve. Those folks are in the minority and it's clearly apparent. Either that or a lot of folk ain't listening because a lot of folk ain't going, which we had that problem too. But we have gotten to the point where it's like we have to give give our candy now. And yes, there's some fantastic, great, wonderful, absolutely magnificent stuff that's promised to us as Christians, as believers. And those things should be highlighted. Those things should be 
taught those things should be developed. But most of the Bible is development. You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of them now. You know, you know, God is a fantastic, wonderful, loving God, but they ain't the only side of him. There's a lot of development in the Bible. We don't hear a lot of that. And 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 you know, removing that because oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, that forced me to change my lifestyle. Oh, that forced me to make a decision that's boring. Oh, that's that's not exciting. Yeah, he didn't promise you excitement and 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 the thrill of men and all sorts of stuff. He promised you, if you obey, I will bless. That's what he promised. And if you disobey, then you will be cursed. That's that's what he promised. He didn't promise, you know what, man? You seem like you'd enjoy a nice, exciting time. How about we take the next 15 years and you just go from one exciting thing to another to another? No, nah, no. Nah. Most of it is just like, you know, a man like yourself. Come home, spend time with your kids, go to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. You know, that, that's just the majority of it. And the majority of that is just putting in, just, just digging that seed of what you want to see deep into that next generation. So that when they have theirs, they do it too. Because the goal is, I want you guys to make heaven your home. That's my goal. You know, we're here. We're here for a short period of time, 56, 70, 80, 100 years, 120, 140, whatever. And after that, we're gone, but we're there for eternity. And I want you to be there with me for eternity because I don't want to see you guys separated. So that means that while we're here, we're probably going to have to do some stuff that's not going to be as tantalizing to our humanity as you might like for it to be. And that's probably going to carry on for decades, if not a lifetime. And there have been plenty of people that have been born, lived, and died, and you've never heard of them. And that's okay. You know, so, but we, we, we've gotten that. And, and I was upset about this a while ago, and I had a pastor that I'm not friends with him like that, but he is connected to me in social media, and I sent him a question. You know, he made a post. He, he posted a nice long post, and I sent him a question, and he responded back to me with a scripture, and like, I have not, I hadn't seen the scripture in a long time, but when he responded back, I mean, it just stood straight up just on the inside of me like that. And it was Amos 8 and 11. No, we, we got a little, little bit of scripture. I got a, little, I got a few dopes. <laughs> I mean, these dopes were like two weeks, man. Nah, br bring it, man. Bring it. But Amos 8 and 11. And Amos, uh, again, I let me, let, me, let me stop before I do this. I am not professionally trained in this. I don't do this for, I just can take a few pieces out and find a little bit. And then I had to go listen to somebody else teach me, but I'm not, mm -mm, don't, it ain't going to be like, you know, coming down. Nothing's going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> no quails, no manna, no fire. None of that's going to fall. So you're good. You got to worry about none of that. But uh, Amos 8 11 says, behold, the days are coming. E uh, ESV. <clears throat> Declares the Lord when I was sending a famine on the land. And I'm like, okay. Now the next part was, was what caught me. It said, not a famine of bread. Not a thirst for water. Now, in the United States, man, we have plenty. We have more than enough, you know, comparatively speaking. I know there's still people here that are struggling. I understand that. But comparatively speaking, we have more than enough. And I think our heartland can feed the entire world if, you know, proportioned out correctly. I think, you know, I think there's still that way. He said, so it's not for bread, it's not for water, but of hearing the words for the, of the Lord. People, it's like we don't want to hear 
thus said the Lord. You know, it, it's almost like we just don't want to hear it. You know, like, like growing up and you had to eat your vegetables. And you're like, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you take the steak, you take the gravy, but you don't want the vegetables. You're like, I don't want that. And it's, it's like it's like we don't want to hear that. And if someone starts coming to you with that, you get you know, people get offended. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. In that day, the lovely virgins and the young men shall faint for thirst. And I'm like, this this is why, and, and my whole topic, it was easily led astray. This is why we've been so easily led astray. This is why these movements, I didn't intend to say it like that. These in these groups, these factions, these thoughts, it ain't even a movement, have come in and have, I, I didn't understand that it was that scientific until I really, you know, got a chance to look and see, you know, some people have written stuff about this years ago and put it in textbooks, stuff like that. And I'm like, it really is scientific. They really have come in and studied that innate thing within all of us that screams to be a part of something. And they've tapped into that. And now people are part of this just like it's religious, like it's a religion. And I'm like, that's the hole that the world should have filled in those individuals. And, 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 and the thing about it is they've got, it's kind of like when you, you're on your way home somewhere. I mean, you're probably driven around a little bit and you stop off and, and run through the drive-thru and get you a McChicken or something like that. You know, when they're a dollar or a Whopper Junior or something like that. And you like, yeah, I'm just going to get this till I get to the house, you know, because I know I get to the house, you know, I got something, they got something going on at the house. Probably your house, probably real good at your house. <laughs> it's good in mine too, but I'm like, y'all got a lot of miles. I know y'all could get it done every night. You know, you can't, y'all can't just be like skate on the meal at night. It's too many stones to be growling, man. Y'all be up all night. So, you know, but you know, you, you know, when you get home, hey, I, you know, it's going to be there. And and I'm pretty sure you're a great man. Your wife loves you. She probably got to. She probably know how to do it for you. So I, I you know, respect game with that. So you grab your McChicken or something like that on the way through, um, through the thing, and you know it's gonna hold you, or it's like the middle of the day and you're going from here to there, and you're like it's gonna hold you, but you get hungry again later because you basically just grab something just to just knock it off or just to, you know, knock a little fast off for a second and just keep running. That's what it seems like. It's like we're just serving people McChickens over the pool pen. And now they come along with something that looks like food, sounds like food, smells like food, kind of makes me feel good like food, and people eat it up. But then when you come back with the word, you're like, no, 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 no. Don't eat Whoppers. Come and eat some English peas. Man, I don't want no English peas, man. Forget all that. No, I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's like uh, people have this instant gratification. You know, they need, they they get impatient, and you know, they want instant gratification. And uh, you know, they're they're seeing people like you know Justin Bieber and and so on getting famous off of like YouTube videos, and, and everyone thinks they can be the next rock star or the next um, you know LeBron James. Uh, or whatever right um i'm gonna make it and and i'm gonna be famous and rich and everything else i don't need god um but then they don't realize that most people don't make that and even if they do even if they become rich and famous 
I mean, look at how empty those some of those people's lives are that are in Hollywood and the music industry and and professional sports and everything else. I mean, they got all the all the money in the world, but you know how full are they? How how complete are they as a human being? Right? They still do dumb, stupid stuff because you know they've got that missing missing piece right there on the inside. You know, and and. And, I, and then we look to those, well, society looks to those individuals and gets, you know, marching orders from them. And it's almost like, how can you get something from somebody who doesn't have it to give, first of all? Well, he's got money. He's wealthy. He can do this really well. He can do that really well. That's fantastic. And, and that's, that's great that that individual is blessed to that level. That doesn't qualify them to give you direction, though. <laughs> That just says that he's he she is great at whatever it is they're great at. And even though they may be giving out good, solid direction, you know, can you come back and verify that that scripturally that's what you ought to be doing? And then spiritually, that's what you should be doing. And, and, and that's what I said. We we our churches have I'd say abandoned because that'd be a bad indictment against the church. But our churches have kind of not delivered you know, the gospel and not just, we want to see people getting saved, born again in right fellowship with God. That's great. That, that's fantastic. And we should do that. But after we do that, we got to start growing people up, not just making them feel good, not just giving them, you know, Twinkies and cupcakes and, and McChickens all day. You got to get like, okay, now you're at home. Now you're about to eat a real meal and you're going to eat everything on your plate. Well, I don't like that part. I understand that. But that cauliflower cleans everything out. So you're going to eat that up and that's just the way that's going to be. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah said, all us like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, obviously Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And again, if we're running all over the place looking for something, then we clearly are running our own way. And and just looking at what, what has been going on in the last months or years or so even, and a lot of us with the social unrest and stuff like that. And, you know, I know we can cross over to the other group and talk about how it's being funded and all this stuff. I know we can do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that route. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this. But just set that stuff to the side. The fact that so many people bought into it so quickly, you know, regardless of who's behind it, what's behind it, what's the agenda behind it, so many people bought into it so quickly and so it's such a high level of dedication that individuals that are taking the lives of other people in the name of this, that if this stuff would have never happened, they would have never thought about that. And I'm like, there, there's there's more to that than just, oh, you know, you just got deceived. Nah, these folks were looking for something and there was no individual or individuals present, able, or even confident or committed to say, you know what, let me share what I need to share with you. Let me share what I need to share with you. And 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 we 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 lost it. And so now we lost it. You got all these people out there running around doing whatever. Here comes an, an organization, a group that looks like looks like something, sounds like something, talks like something, even uses some of the same information, but just there's a little shift on it. And I was talking to a girl uh to no avail about this. And I said, Well, dear, you guys gotta understand, you guys are looking at a situation. And you're looking at it from this angle here, 
And all they're doing is just taking it and turning it just a little bit, not a lot. They just turning it just a little bit so that when you see this, you see it at this angle. But I've seen it from here, 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 and here. You, because you know, you guys just you can only be so old, you only can see it from here. And they're taking it, and you guys are not questioning it. I'm not saying that it's not a justifiable thing, but you're not questioning, well, why do you want me to see it that way so badly? And, and and you guys are falling around behind. And I think we, uh, I think I was talking about the flag because in Mississippi, I was talking about the flag issue. And I said, well, dude, you're not old enough to remember when we voted on it the first time. I said, I am because I voted on it the first time. So those of us that were around for the beginning of this, we feel differently about it than those of you that are here now. But right now you want it to change because of what somebody told you. And I said, we don't have a problem with changing it. What we have a problem with is the way it's being changed. And, and that comes back to they presented that issue to you, but they presented the issue at this angle. They didn't present it and say, well, here's the initiation of this conversation. Here's what went on in the period of time. Here's how the people decided on the first time. And so here's what we're looking at now. So what do you guys think? They didn't go that route. And let it straight again. But when you go your own way, there's always something out there to say, what did God really say? You shall surely not die. Is that what God really said? Are you sure about that? No, I think he said this. And you're like, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe he did say that. Well, sounds good to me. You know, <laughs> they're being deceived. Ultimately, ultimately, man. And 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 that has to that fault has to come back first to the church. Church has to accept responsibility for that. Because just like if something happens in the house with your kids or in the house with my kid, that fault comes back to me first and foremost. Secondly, yes, kid, why did you listen to him? When he told you to stand in the chair, you had to stand in the chair. You know, that's secondly, obviously that. But, you know, well, yeah, he's got my blood in him, so he probably would have stood in the chair. Yeah, that's on me, you know. <laughs> I stood in the chair, yeah, I can't be mad at him. Well, you know, I drove 75 miles an hour to go see the girl, so yeah, yeah, he's got a ticket. You know, I I gotta I gotta accept that within me first. And 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 I I, I bring that back there. First and foremost, and then of course they can play on the lack of uh, natural knowledge, the lack of knowledge of historical situations, and the lack of knowledge of just how society should go for the betterment of everybody. You know, you play on all this stuff, but that stuff starts with not having a foundation based in the scripture. And if a person decides not to agree to scripture, that's fine. They can't disagree with the fact that those of us that do agree with scripture maintain a pretty nice society based on our scripture and if you don't agree with it that's fine but at least we're going to live next door to you and you're going to be happy that we're staying there you know and ain't that we're going to agree with some other kind of nonsense and now we're you know out there sacrificing calves all night next to your house and stuff we're not doing all that you know you're like well <laughs> at least some christians keep the keep the neighborhood quiet you know they're out there doing a whole bunch of craziness yeah you're right you know and every sunday you get a break from us so, I mean, you can't knock living. <laughs> you can't knock it if you don't want to agree to it. You can't really knock it, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Ronald, it's been awesome talking to you. And and uh, I, I really appreciate you letting us get to know you better. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I'm going to have to have you on the show again because this has been a real treat. Just, you know, talking about the scripture and, and our society and everything else. So, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. That's what's up. And... I will say this. I respect the fact that Arkansas has a star. If nothing else, they got a star on the flag. 
so that one of us, so I got love for Arkansas. But yeah, we got to give it to them because if the situation reversed, if the person was in Arkansas sitting here, they would be talking about Mississippi real hard too. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it's a great state, man. I, and the people are great. I've, I've met a couple people from there and I, I, I don't know anything about the state. It's just, we always joke with each other. But I appreciate it, man. Uh, I only got to like a piece of my notes, which is good. Uh, you let me know whenever it's good for you. You let me know whatever it is you want to talk about, man. I'd be happy to be there. I'd be happy to help you out. Uh, and uh, I hope I didn't waste or take up too much of your time. I hope when this one probably go down into like the least best sellers or something like that, man. So no, nah, man, this is good. So thanks very much. No problem, no problem bro. And I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you online on the Telegram group and everything else. Yes, sir. And I, I'm I'm determined to get you a full English breakfast some point in your life. I can I can yield to English, <laughs> but you know, don't normally eat anything outside of America, man. If you give it to me in like liters and and uh, all this stuff, I'm like, I ain't with all that. You know, I, I you know, you're you're right. There's there's one thing that I'm not like a huge fan of, but it actually isn't that bad. It's it's um black pudding. Yeah, but you know what that is it's like made out of blood yeah yeah see they do that kind of stuff blood sausage yeah yeah they do that kind of stuff now yeah that's just yeah that's kind of that's why we kicked them out yeah we don't we don't do all that man <laughs> all right brother i appreciate it man all right take it easy you've been listening to the america for god podcast please consider donating by visiting our website americaforgod.com don't forget to like us on free speech platforms parlor gab kodias miwi magabook and minds we're also on linkedin twitter and facebook you can find the show on anchor BitChute, rumble soundcloud itunes spotify youtube and by visiting our website www.americaforgod.com also spread the word among your family and friends as jesus said in Matthew 18 20 for where two or three are gathered in my name there am I among them have a blessed and peaceful day